You're listening to Fucks Given, the one about queer imposter syndrome. Hi, Falarian. Hello. Oh my God, it's been so long since we recorded. It feels really long since we've recorded in this format because the last couple of episodes we were at the Standard Hotel and you were in London, which was amazing. I was in London. I've been back for over a week now, which is a little bit crazy. Whoa. How are you doing today? I'm actually okay. I thought I was going to be hanging out my ass today, but... I'm okay. I feel fucking great. She got a drip, everyone. She got a drip. I got, I got a drip. I did like the most bougie rich bitch thing and I got a fucking drip to, delivered to my house. Like, like I was lying on my sofa with an intravenous drip of bullshit running through my veins and I feel fucking amazing. Wow. It might be that or also the shrooms I did at the weekend. Could be there too. The afterglow. The shroom afterglow. Do you ever like with that get moments where you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're like, wow. You are so beautiful. Oh my god! No, I haven't had that yet, but I think I'm you gonna haven't? go do a little, Aww. yeah, do a little bit of mirror staring. I yeah, normally just do like, it. like look outside the window. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's wow. What does that say about me? I'm like looking at my own reflection, being like, <laughs> wow, yeah. You're yeah. so beautiful. No, no, no. That says that says a lot of good. It's a lot of good work that you're doing. <gasps> Yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. that's it. Let's yeah. let's put it there. Definitely. It's about looking at yourself and, and telling yourself that you are beautiful. That's what we got to do every day, man. We do. And it's, it is important to tell ourselves that. And also I'm a narcissist, so I don't need to look in a mirror. <laughs> You're like, I don't even need to do that. I know. I know. <laughs> we have exciting updates to tell y'all. Very exciting, especially because this yes. is a queer episode today. Um, and it is Pride Month for anyone who doesn't know, but it's probably been rammed down your very sexy throats all already. Uh, so yeah, we're just going to jump jump on it too. Because clearly we're only only gay once a month in a whole year. So Only once a month. Anyone? <laughs> it all, all piles into one for some for some people. Before we do jump into all the Pride related things, I did have one update that wasn't relevant to Pride, and it is a birthday relevant because it was <gasps> my birthday last week. Happy birthday to you! Yay. Happy birthday! I'm now thirty two years old, basically an old woman. Oh, whoa. whoa. That isn't true. That is a joke to anyone out there that is over uh, over the age of 32. That is a joke. I feel very, very young. I feel yeah. like a child still, actually. Yeah, man, I'm like constantly 14. That's very problematic. <laughs> but yeah, that's just that's just my motherfucking age. Energy of a 14-year-old. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's go clubbing. Let's go raving. Let's go. Wait, that's probably more 19. But yeah, I, I actually decided to go on a little staycation, although it wasn't really a staycation because it was actually outside of LA. And it was fucking miserable and cloudy the whole time but Mm. what I did do is that I invited a man that I had slept (laughs) with before going away to London I'm dying which do we get a nickname do we get a nickname oh college we have a nickname college man yeah yeah college man college man man. (laughs) yeah when you go to college but you're a man (laughs) Not a boy. (laughs) So, yeah, I invited him 
And the premise of it was he was basically going to serve me for my birthday because I'm the birthday princess and I get everything that I want on my birthday. As you should, as it should be. And what better way than getting a boy to just fucking do whatever you want? And let me tell you, I was fucked to high heavens that whole (laughs) birthday. She got fucking served. Like, <laughs> when I think about how many times we had sex, I can't even, I, it must be about seven. Like, it was a lot of times wow. in, he stayed for two nights. How's the vagine doing? She okay? You know what? Like, the birth, the birthday gods were looking after me, like, nice. out for me. I had, like, no vaginal health symptoms at all during the whole fuck fest. <laughs> and then like they have started appearing like the week after but that's also because I ate like a shit ton of sugar like because I bought yeah. myself a birthday cake and like ate loads of brownies and mm. you know indulged I even had an alcoholic beverage no and you didn't I'm shocked I did wow yeah, yeah. I had a, oh, treating God. yourself girl I had a mez- mezcal cocktail it was mm. buff so it made good. me remember how good <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck's sake. Why why is the good shit always bad for us, man? Yeah. But yeah, but, happy happy birthday for that. It sounded like a really good birthday. Yeah. The one notable experience that did happen was the last fuck that we had. I think it was the last one, or maybe the second to last, where it got like very dommy and very rough and I was so fucking wet I could feel myself practically dripping and I had told him previously in phone conversations about the fact that I enjoy being hit in the face during sex Mm -hmm. and he was doing that and like it it was it got to a point though where I had to stop him and (laughs) (laughs) it's like okay there's too much of a good thing you know it was great and then suddenly I got into like super I think like maybe not super subspace but like some kind of subspace with it all and because he was like basically fucking me in lazy um wait what's our sex position called? lazy bitch the lazy the lazy bitch bitch. he was fucking me the lazy bitch but then he had like my like he had his hand around my throat, so he was like pulling my like oh, head Jesus up, fucking and then using Christ. his other hand to fucking slap me hard in the face. And he kept like uh, I don't know, saying things into my ear. Yeah, about, yeah it's like, the whisper. Your pussy's oh, mine, Jesus. and like all of that crazy stuff. And also, the sex kind of started with him being like, "Would you be able to put some coconut oil on yourself?" And he like slipped in so quickly. I wasn't quite like ready for it, but it was like, oh, it 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 got me in those like, oh, okay, you're just like taking me when you want to take me, and like yeah, that was the, fucking like, hot. The CNC subby space. Um, to disclaimer, the situation like, we're not recommending you hit anyone in the face, just willy nilly. Even if they say they like it, it's definitely worth having a conversation beforehand and doing it with someone you trust. Yes, always ask. All of these things, all of these things, as soon as you start to play with control play, dominance play, BDSM, pain play, power imbalances, yeah, anything like that has to be a conversation beforehand. And you have to know that, like, you know, you can stop them at whenever 
which I did. Also, because there's a lot of submissives out there that don't want to have that conversation. I don't know if you ever remember talking about this, like, oh, I don't want an, I don't want a man to ask me if, if I like it or if, if I want it. I just want him to do it. Like, that is dangerous. That is such a dangerous thing to want to happen to you because when something does happen to you that does make you question how you feel, then you're not really in a safe space to be like, oh, hold up, not really sure about that. You just yeah. kind of have to take it. As much as dominants need to be careful submissives need to be careful as well and to look after themselves even if they think they don't want it it's extremely important it's also safe for themselves and safe for the dominant if they push too far i also asked for aftercare afterwards like i made sure Mm -hmm. i was getting what i needed even though it wasn't properly what i wanted i realized in that moment that like my aftercare really needed to be like someone fully like loving up on me and yes. that wasn't our situation. So I did learn something from it. I was like, maybe I shouldn't go like that deep into something with someone that can't really provide me with the aftercare that I Yes, this is really this need. is such a good realization. Everyone needs aftercare in a different way. Some people need cuddles, some people need like the checkup text three days later. Some people need to be in a loving relationship to feel comfortable with that, not just having a one night stand. You really need to get to know how you feel. And the only way you can do that is to really explore and see it and if something comes up that you're not keen on then you need to discuss it with someone doesn't have to be that person but with someone with a friend with like you know your therapist so you can get the aftercare you need it's exciting i'm very very happy for you and your your naughty dommy birthday sex i mean already this episode is sounding like this the straightest episode (laughs) i've got gay updates don't worry I was going to say, whoa, was that just <laughs> imposter syndrome right there? Like, this episode isn't gay enough, guys. Like, oh, my, we've, we fucked up. We fucked up. We've ruined Pride Month. That's it. It's over. It's over. I'm throwing in the towel. Oh, I'm sorry I had sex with a man. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry I love cops so much. Please. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, fuck our lives. I was thinking um, about this the other day. You know, like, a lot of people say oh, you know, I could never be gay because I don't like pussy. Yeah. Did you ever, like, love dick before, like, you had to get used to it? I don't, Mm. like, love dick. I think I did. I think I was obsessed with dick, for sure. But am I obsessed? Okay, I've been thinking about this a lot. Have I been obsessed with dick for different reasons? You know, not because I actually like dick, but because of validation reasons or because I see, I saw men as the ultimate goal and to get attention from somebody that owned a penis was like the ultimate form of validation. Yeah. It's it's really hard to know. It's hard to know. I mean, that's what I'm breaking down at the moment in therapy. And that's I do ask myself this con- constantly. But yeah, I was obsessed with dick. I thought about dick all the time. I remember watching porn, loving dick. I yeah, yeah. I I really did want the penis and balls. Yeah, when I was in my first relationship, he went down like down on me all the fucking time. Did I go near his cock? No, I was scared of his cock. No. I was, was like, fear. I don't want There's so his much- cock anywhere yeah. near me. Really, like I want it inside me. I wanted to feel what sex felt like with a dick. But I didn't ever think like, mmm, tasty dick. Maybe I'm more gay than I thought. <laughs> you know what? Maybe, maybe <gasps> the, the imposter syndrome's like fading away. <laughs> I think with me, like, and I also, this is a 100% thing. I only like people's penises if I really like them as a person. 
Interesting. Okay, I so don't the, like the penis, people's the genitals penises. come later. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That is very interesting. I was thinking, you know how I love fear? Like, I get off on fear. Maybe I was afraid of the cock and then therefore that got me off. <laughs> yeah, Who knows? Maybe. Who fucking knows? It's so interesting. I love these little hypotheses. Yeah, so interesting. <laughs> Whereas like the porn that I watched when I was a teenager was lesbian porn. Yeah, I, I also watched that, but I did... No, no, that's... I watched gay porn, like man-on-man porn for a long time. That's wow, all I masturbated yeah. to for, for years and years and years. But I think that's like why I know I'm pansexual because... <laughs> I love it all. Yeah. I love it all. You do. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, my updates. Okay, I'm just going to quickly check my phone because I've got like a bit of a list. Oh. Um, I've, I've been going through some drama at the moment, like big wavy drama. Um, I'm going to try and talk about it quite quickly. So I went on a date with somebody and it was a really amazing date. Like, wow, felt all the emotions, felt almost like a little bit crazy, falling for somebody. Um, and was on such a high from this date. And I felt like they felt that too. And then I went and saw one of my best friends who I showed the picture to. And they were like, oh my God, I recognize him. And we figured out that he was somebody that one of my other friends had dated years ago that ended up not having a great end to the relationship and and it all kind of blew up it was this whole sort of soap opera opera drama and in the end it's a bit unfortunate really but we both decided not to see each other anymore yeah which is a bit of a shame that went on and then also dealing with a lot of ex stuff so my last relationship ended five months ago now and thinking in my sort of like maybe delusional, happy state, being like really out of a bad relationship, being like, oh yeah, maybe we can be friends. And then having a sort of catch up, thinking it was for closure and not getting the conversation that I was really hoping for and actually it turning into something really nasty and really quite triggering and a lot of therapy has had to be had from that those conversations it, it's it's honestly so such a shame it's so devastating because I, I just I want to be friends with my ex I want to be I, I genuinely thought we would both chat and I would apologize for things and he would apologize for things and we would both take accountability but it just didn't happen that way and it ended up being like a really horrible triggering difficult conversation to have and now I'm like oh fuck okay well Yes, we need more time, right? A lot of it is time. And it is also okay to not be friends with your ex as well. It's like well, I don't, don't want that. Like they Oh, I know. And you know what? It's not even I don't have to be. Maybe sometimes you shouldn't be. Sometimes yeah. it just doesn't work and you can't figure things out and it is just horrible and hurtful for you both. But mm. I just want it to be. I want it to work so well. I'd love to be friends with all of my exes. Um but yeah, you're right. I just, sometimes I can't, I can't get everything that I want, unfortunately. And I have to, yeah. I have to eat that. I have to <laughs> live with you're that and just, you know, eat it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, 
But you never know, like in a year's time or two years time, he might have changed how he feels about things. And I I really, I really hope so. Because we learn different things, right? You know, that in new relationships that we have, we realise like, oh, Mm. I should have done that differently in my past relationship. That's how it's been with the wonderful ex Thomas. Like we, we still chat. We still are on a really nice friendly basis. And we're still apologising to each other about the way we were back then. And that's perfect. We take accountability. There's no finger pointing or blame. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe time will tell, um, yes. and that's that. I'm quite excited for. I just need to like let let it go and just you know it is what it is, um, and that's a shame. And, and maybe maybe time will heal. Um, but weirdly, so I went on a date with somebody who was really lovely. I had a really lovely date with them. Uh, we went to the Dali exhibition. That was really cool. And oh, it was so bizarre. Um, one of my exes from 10 years ago, who I was like madly, we were both madly in love with each other. Um, as I sat down with my date, I saw my ex of 10 years ago, who again blocked me on on everything, never spoke to me again, get up with another girl and walk away. We both like locked eyes. And I was like, oh, Jesus, what is happening at the moment? Um And because I felt like he had blocked me and not reached out or not responded to any of my messages, I felt like I shouldn't approach. I was like, if he wants to approach me, that's fine. But because he didn't, I was like, no, I think think it's a good idea if I don't and I just sort of left that there but you know when you're on like a new date and that was just a bit of like a that's moment, a really like, weird what? thing to happen especially if you haven't seen him for like fucking years mm-hmm. mm. and then when you're on this date you see an ex yeah that's so awkward that's like the fear that most people have like on dates <laughs> yeah. like that they will bump into an ex yes well that that yeah I, it is a shame because I do feel I feel like I'd love to be able to talk to him and sort of figure out what happened. And that's why I think closure and having those conversations with exes are really important because it helps you learn better for the future, helps you learn to be a better person or a better partner. Yeah. Um, And I'd love to, I would love to know like what went wrong and how I can do things better and and learn from those mistakes. This respect though, like it is about you and you need to think more about how, how they feel. Yeah. And it's also not their responsibility to make me feel comfortable about a situation. I need to put that work in. I need to do that for myself. I can't expect them to. Um, But yeah, this date ended up going really well. Uh, So the reason why I'm bringing it up, because he made a confession. He messaged me and was like, "I, I listened to your latest episode of the podcast. And I just wanted to check in because one of the stories was that about me and is everything okay? I, I didn't any the message he sent was so lovely and it really it was like him it was me talking about the dom situation the dom experience i had where i didn't really enjoy the experience and he was so nice to message me and be like i just want to check in and and see if that was me and if it was like can we talk about it and can i do anything to make it better and i was like all right there's a fucking giant green flag floating around here like that's amazing he went in and and like yeah took accountability and and checked in and was ready to have a conversation about it this is why yeah he gets a giant green tick from me i also kind of love it when people do listen to the podcast right i like love that fully supportive of what we do but like mm-hmm. maybe i don't know it's a it's what? a bit of a weird I did, okay one, so it's it's complicated because when you find out they've listened to the podcast 
it's like, oh, you know so much about me. You <laughs> almost know every deep, dark detail that a normal person wouldn't know. Yeah. Um, so there is a bit of a power imbalance there of like, you know so much about me. I know nothing about you. Yes. Um, but very I would rather I would rather someone came clean immediately and spoke about that they listen to the podcast, that they know who I am. So I'm already on that even playing field. Yes. I almost, there are definitely people that I've dated, maybe exes, where they have definitely known who I who I am and they haven't mentioned it at all. It's almost like they've used it as a bit of like a one-up, as like, oh, but I, I know you're going to be into this. I, I don't know. The whole thing's like really fucking weird. Oh, I don't like that. The dishonesty there, yeah. Don't like that at all. Yeah, because if you think about it, someone could fully manipulate us mm. with mm-hmm. the information that we spill on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They might not be exactly who we want or that maybe they're homophobic and they're not actually into kink and but they're saying all this stuff because they just want to fuck yeah <laughs> they like, know well, you're into all that stuff yes so yeah anyway i had a I had a really nice date with this person and yeah like really i'm really into fingering at the moment like fingering okay. is so good yeah yeah this this person a good finger game nice and i don't know what's happened to me florence like I'm I'm not complaining. I'm very very grateful, but my G spot, my G spot kink has unlocked and it Ooh. is like non-stop now. Um and I think that's because maybe I've practiced a lot at G spot orgasms and I've really it's taken me years and years and years to recognize how different a G spot orgasm feels to a clitoral orgasm. Yeah. And now that I feel really confident knowing what it feels like, Honestly, I can just keep coming and coming and coming. The the clitoral one is almost like a myth now. It's like that barely happens. But the G-spot is like fucking constant with fingers, with dick, with toys, with like everything. I'm like, you know, you've mentioned before where if you have penetrative sex, sometimes like it'll be five pumps and you've come and you're like, whoa, where the fuck did that come from? You Um, know what though? It's a bit like that. How like how weird is that that the college college man the first time we fucked that's what mm. the situation was and I was just like whoa like what yes. the fuck's happening I'm coming yeah. <laughs> this time I got in my head so much no. because I was expecting to be able to come oh, so easily fuck. that it didn't happen but also yes. I yeah, also just right. got my Hitachi wand vibrator and maybe mm. I've just fucking desensitized you've just my... you've just fallen in love with with the wand. <sighs> It's like your brain isn't working hard to really focus on the G-spot. It's just like, well, I'm going to have a clitoral. Yeah, yeah so the yeah, G-spot fuck. just might have happened like once or twice with the seven fucking sessions. Yeah, and clitoral ones are so hard to get in partnered sex. They yes, take a they lot are. of concentration. Um, and also, you know, anyone out there listening and they haven't managed to find their G-spot or get a G-spot orgasm, I've never been able to find my G-spot myself maybe a couple times with a toy but it's really Mm. hard to do i also think age plays a huge part in g-sport orgasms it's a g-sport orgasms only happen when you're fully able to let go and feel everything otherwise if you are in your head you're not really connected to your body and thinking about the sensations i don't know about that i had a lot of g-sport orgasms when i was 18 Really? Like consistent G-spot orgasms. But I think it's because I didn't have anything in my head at all about it not being a thing in the first place. So like every single time me Mm -hmm. and my partner fucked the one that I was with for two years from 18 to 19 or 17 to 19, 
Um, mm. Yeah, every time we fucked, G-spot orgasm. orgasm. Every so single time. So it's not about age. It's about what's going on in your head. How Definitely. like How uh, focused you are or how you know, mm-hmm. in your head you are or how released you are, the relaxation of it. That's why yeah. I have G-spot orgasms when I'm hungover because I'm just like, oh, okay, fuck it, yeah. whatever. Like, there's no no room to think, you know? Yeah. I used to be so relaxed during those mm. sex sessions that I would be basically, like, hallucinating that I was in a fucking jungle in my head. Whoa, like, I would be in a different place. I wouldn't oh God, be I there. Know. I would be, like, fully yeah just in my body like you know when you have high sex and you yes. just start having all these like crazy like Mad images thoughts. and mm-hmm. stuff like that like that's what my sex was like when i was 18 whoa so, what happened did the world harden us <laughs> yeah hell. yeah well, I, th- I thought <laughs> i think well i i know that i left that relationship because i wanted to explore sex with other people yeah, and then when I explored it with other people, it was different. Their dicks <laughs> were different sizes. Like things were like not really what they thought they were gonna mm-hmm. be, and yeah, it fucking hardened me because I think I just got well. That's when I got addicted to sex. So yeah, fuck's sake, the sex addiction. Why is it so good? Why? Um, kind of rolling on one more update which is more along the same vein as this episode yes i was hanging out at london fields lido and was making eyes at this dude that was really cute and i was like you know what yeah i think i'm gonna I think i'm gonna chat to him at some point um i've made a rule for myself if ever i see a fit person i have to go up and say hello um and see if they're interested. That's the rule. Otherwise I just kick myself later. Like, fuck, why didn't I do that? Anyway, so we were in the pool and I noticed that he was going in the changing rooms to leave. I was like, no, no, he's gonna leave. Um, so I ended up hanging around a bit, a bit of a creep, hanging around the end of the pool, waiting for him to come back out. <sighs> fucking hell, Reed. <laughs> How else are you supposed to do it? I was asking my friend, I was like, is this fucking creepy? Like, is if I was a dude waiting for a girl to come out of a change room, that would that be okay? Would that not be okay? No. I came to the conclusion that I'm not a creep and the way I hit on people isn't creepy. You no, know, it's very like, very respectful. So he came out and I was like, hey, excuse me, hi. Um, you're very attractive, are you single? That is like my pickup line at the moment. And he was like, oh my God, that's honestly so lovely of you, thank you. But yeah, I'm, I'm actually I'm actually engaged, I'm not single. And I was like, no way, no worries, congratulations. Um, and then I was like, any chance you're ethically non-monogamous? And he was like, yeah, we actually are. And I was like, whoa, no way, let's go. And I didn't have my phone because I was in the pool. So I was like, do you mind taking my number? And he took down my number and we had like a little chat. And I was like, yeah, let's let's like chat more. Anyway, they sent the cutest message and like the, the hottest picture of them both. And I'm going to go for a drink with them oh, either Thursday cute. or at some point. So yeah, very excited. She is also gorgeous, really, really gorgeous couple. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what happens there, baby. Nice. Mm. Picking people up at the Lido, are we? I know, at the Lido. I love that. So good. Mm. That's I mean, so um, London. It, right. right. <laughs> London feels Lido, darling. Sunbathing on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> that's so exciting though i'm happy for you living your poly life fantasy yes, over here yes and literally the night before i'd went to a an enm 
ethical non-monogamy poly meetup in Lewisham from uh, the ENM fam that that organised it. And it was so nice being surrounded by people that actually were into ethical non-monogamy. It, yeah. was, it was honestly so refreshing. I was so excited and just had like such a nice time being in that space. So yeah, I'm definitely going to go to more poly ENM nights nice. and just like be with like-minded people that kind of like get it and understand yes I think that's so important because it's so yeah. easy if you're if all your friends are like monogamous or you know mm-hmm. not kinky or you know not not queer in any way like it is really hard and quite isolating to exist be, yeah. yeah because people people don't know how to listen and validate your conversations like it's really hard to do that so if you say oh yeah like I really want to date date a boyfriend and then date a girlfriend date another boyfriend people are like, oh my god I could never do that I never have enough the t- enough time and I'm like but I do have enough time and you've just invalidated how I feel you know mm. you're right it's really isolating that's why it's important you know if you're kinky if you're queer if you're poly find your community find your physical community or online yeah. community and and it does make you feel better about who you are it feels yes. it makes you feel less alone and like you're not a fucking freak on that note, we should plug the Facebook group because we've got our own yes! little sex positive yeah. community that we have created. We've got over 1,200 members in our little Facebook group. That link will be in the description. And they are all verified as well. And some of them get together and go to sex parties together. So if you're looking for other friends to go to events too, then yeah, please put put yourself out there and make new friends. Curious Fuckers Club forever. Yeah, yay. I have um, one final update that is actually to do Mm -hmm. with this week's episode. Pride. Oh my God, finally, we're getting to to the good stuff. Yes, the imposter syndrome, I feel it shrinking. (laughs) (laughs) So I had the privilege of going to Dyke Day on Saturday in LA which is fantastical. Like I never knew that this existed even because I think in the UK, we've just got kind of like pride celebrations. And I think what we find with a lot of gay spaces is that they are dominated by gay men. Yes. And I mean, that's kind of the same with everything when we talk about um, being gay is that automatically you think of men, automatically it's about like a a male space, um, women yet again are kind of forgotten. And I think this happens a lot with lesbians. So I thought it was so amazing and fantastic that there was Dyke Day in LA. And this was a, basically a huge picnic of like an orgy, like, Obviously not a real orgy. Was I was going to say, like, hello. I have never seen so many lesbians in my life. I didn't know this many queer women wow. and non-binary people existed. It was fucking incredible. Um, and to start off the day, my friend Sam invited us to a little Dyke Day brunch where all of her amazing gay friends had brunch, ate bagels, sat, chatted, petted dogs. There were a lot of dogs at Dyke Day, as you can imagine. Yeah. Um, they even had a little puppy parade. <gasps> so That's so cute. Yeah. Booby parade. Yeah. And um yeah, it was just it was just fantastic. And then the whole Dyke Day um 
celebration yeah was just like think of a park but like every single inch of the grass was taken up by a woman or a non-binary person like picnic blankets tents people having barbecues like roasting like burgers (laughs) and then then you had like um like the kink tent like kind of towards the side of the event and in the kink tent they had like different activities going on all day and I managed to catch a arm wrestling tournament which was very entertaining wow and they had the um notorious boot blacker doing doing the event and if you don't know what boot blacking is it's this amazing queer historical thing Mm. think back to the times where it wasn't okay to be gay and you had to kind of find little ways of exploring your your gayness um and a lot of people did it through getting their boots polished and having kind of erotic suggestive um boot blacking experiences wow that's so cool there's so many like little um what's it codes code words like flagging where you can put all of the flags out of your pocket the handkerchiefs yeah Yeah, the handkerchiefs yeah um showing what kind of queer you are and what you're into and what you're not into so cool yeah very very cool Mm. so yeah the boot boot blacking is a really cool thing i actually got to do that at a uh lesbian cruising party i went to a few a couple of months ago and it was happens do they actually polish your shoes yes because you know like leather culture is like obviously really big in the queer scene so basically the boot blacker will polish any leather you have whether that's like leather chaps a leather jacket boots so I was wearing my docks to Mm. as you do as a fucking Brit to the (laughs) to the party and um yeah, so she like takes the laces out and she's like, I don't know, everything was like suggestive. It was like such a hot experience. Really? And she'd be like, um, she'd ask you to like move your legs, like spread your legs. And like, she like tucked the laces underneath your thigh, but like oh in a way my. that's just like, it's like not sexual, but it mm-hmm. is but sexual. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like fucking Bridgerton, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, literally Bridgerton. <laughs> Where it's vibes. all just like mad suggestive, mad romance, like just on the cusp of being really horny. And yeah. You're just like, oh, it must drive yeah. you insane. And she was completely like, daddy, like you know, really like worshiping oh, you and like taking daddy. care of you and like mm. massaging your like leather. Shoes. I mean, you would fucking love it because it's like basically like a bit of a foot massage, like over your shoe. Very strange experience. She cuts Mm. all like the loose threads off your shoe, like makes sure like the shoes are fucking spotless. And at the end, she's like, oh, where did I put the laces? And you're like, oh, and then you like spread your legs without even really thinking about it. And she's like, oh, yeah. And then she takes the laces with her mouth. (gasps) so like leans down Mm. into your crotch so very very cool so that's a little bit of gay history there for you Mm, i'd highly recommend people getting Mm. a boot blacking experience that sounds incredible did you meet anyone amazing at dyke day oh my god there were so many hot people there it was crazy but yeah. you know what's really awkward is that I had matched with a couple of people, 
a couple of women on Hinge mm. and I like they were both there and I saw oh, one of them whilst I was shit. in the dance area mm. and I was like oh, I had only really exchanged a couple of words with her and mm-hmm. I was like, she ex- she gave me her number and told me that she was going to be there so I like I should have gone up and said something to her but there was someone else that I had been talking to more mm-hmm. and I was like I want to see that girl instead yes. of her yes, and I was like yes, I don't want to yes. give my time to this person when I actually mm-hmm. want to spend time with this amazing woman but I was so shy throughout the whole day and I think she was as well that like I only managed to like reach out and be like okay I'm actually gonna go find you now like just <laughs> when everything was packing up of course mm-hmm. yeah I sent her a text just being like okay so where where actually are you and I, I went to go and find her and we found each other and we <laughs> the cutest most awkward little like chat (laughs) because all my friends were leaving everyone else was leaving so it was like this weird like I don't know what to do like should I like do I need to order my uber do I need to like go to see where my friends Mm -hmm. are going but we ended up just having this cute chat that had like a lot of like coyness and like cute smiles and it was really nice it was like it was awkward but in like an endearing way and I came at it definitely with that like schoolgirl right energy where I'm like (laughs) you feel like a schoolgirl you feel like so lost and like over over nervous and over excited and like yeah like you're like you're a teen again like trying to kiss boys and it's just because we know what to do with boys, but when yeah. it comes to girls, it's a whole new thing. It's It, it can be really, really daunting. Yeah, so scary, but mm-hmm. like very exciting at the same time. Um, yeah. But we have a date on Tuesday, so I'm very excited about that. And she also texted me after I bumped into her saying that she thought I was really cute. So oh. <laughs> I love it. It's so cute. <laughs> I know. And I also got... Yeah, I got another text from her later in the day just saying that she thought about kissing me. I was like, oh my God. <gasps> it's the, the Bridgerton moment. You thought about it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so close, so far. So, <laughs> so close, yeah. So far away. We're so predictable, I swear. Yeah. That's so lovely so, though. That, did, you, did you feel, how did you feel being at the event in regards to imposter syndrome? Did you feel like leaving the event like, I feel really good about this or were there moments of like fuck no I think that's the event was really sexuality affirming Mm, um that's good it was really interesting it was so body positive as well like the queer scene is so fucking amazing when it comes Mm -hmm. to just accepting the way that you know like everyone's bodies are like amazing and beautiful wear whatever the fuck you want and Mm -hmm. like I think it was a really empowering um situation because also like it was interesting to see like, yeah, I'm not attracted to that kind of woman, but I am really attracted to that woman. And like, you know, cause there were so many gay women there that it was like, okay, like you could learn more about your own sexuality from just being there, um, yeah. which was really interesting. So I, I think I left with l- less imposter syndrome oh, than before. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, I think at the beginning at yeah. the brunch, 
the brunch day because I'm like, ah, I'm not fully gay. I'm only half gay. <laughs> I'm a fake gay. Also, um, <laughs> who was it? I was speaking to Ruby Rare about talking about um, queerness and using the term gay because we aren't gay. And she mentioned something about, oh, I don't know how I feel about using the term gay when I'm not gay. Are we taking away from mm. people who are actually gay um, because we're using that term gay? And that did really make me stop and think. So if there's anyone out there that's listening to this going, you can't use the term gay because you're not gay. Um, we don't mean it in an offensive way or that we're trying to take the word away. It's just, it's part of the queerness for us. It, it really helps. It helps me to relate because I see myself as that part of me. It's like, that's yeah. the gay me. That's, the, that's the, yes. the bit that is really excited about other genders. I've definitely been talking to my friends on that day. And I think they would describe me as gay, even though they, they know I'm bi. Yeah, okay. Maybe it's more like a, a community thing. Like, if you're a little bit gay, like, everyone's gay. Like, jump in. We're yes. all in the same yeah. LGBTQAI boat. We're all in the same queer boat. Like, like, let's all love each other. I hope that's how people see it. Yeah, it's an interesting one as well, isn't it? Because gay fundamentally means male gay yeah. and not lesbians. So yeah. it is this kind of, I guess it's more of when we use it in that way, it's more of like a general term, like queerness. Mm-hmm. But I do understand what you're, where you're coming from though as well. It does make sense. It did make me stop and think. I was like, wow, I've always said it like that. But I, I guess it's it's good to think about these things and you kind of just have to take what you feel responds to your identity. Like queer yeah. doesn't, doesn't really work for me doesn't really work for me pan works for me and also gay works for me so yeah. maybe it's just about owning that part is that also the imposter syndrome like creeping in like a motherfucking gremlin curious fuckers i was so excited to say that my book is now for sale you can buy it this book will make you feel something i would highly recommend this book for anybody who wants to feel themselves, read the erotic stories, and it has an estimated time of reading so you can do it on the go or have a little quickie. It's all about reconnecting with your body. So if you've been feeling a little bit detached or you just want to get more horny and learn more about your own masturbation and enhance your pleasure, this book is for you. 25 tips and techniques to get inside your body in loads of different ways, in ways that feel good and 25 short erotic stories. You can buy my book on Amazon. It's in audio too. So if you love podcasts, you're probably going to love the audio book. So get that over on Audible. You can also buy it on Waterstones and there are probably other places you can buy it but just go search for it and i would greatly appreciate your purchase plus leave a review (laughs) and please leave a review because that actually means so much my publishers were like you need 50 reviews to get into a good algorithm on amazon so yeah that would be amazing thank you (laughs) this is probably quite a good point to talk about bi and pansexual privilege as well because Yeah, we haven't had to hear those words in a negative way. Um, And for the first time ever, I experienced that on Saturday when everyone was leaving the park. Um, A car drove past, rolled down its windows and shouted, trigger word, the F word. um, Jesus. uh, uh, Shouted faggots at everyone, like repeatedly. And like, like, 
like I don't know what he was saying. I didn't like actually, you know, I tried not to listen. There's no point checking in, yeah. But no, otherwise it's horrible. It made me think. I was like, wow, I've never had to experience that before, and that is a fucking privilege that I have as being a bisexual person and being very straight facing for most of my life. Yes, yeah. On top of which, we're white. On top of which, there's pretty privilege. There is also other privilege you know there's there's a lot there we are not a minority and when it comes to queerness and yeah bisexuality pansexuality there is a lot less negativity than when you are actually lesbian or gay or trans or non-binary you know we are coming from a, a position of having having better experiences it's really it's really tough for a lot of people out there i i also think that does hugely feed into part of the imposter syndrome where it's like um like you said straight facing or like i could i could have gone under the covers and be undetected with my queerness for so long especially at school i mean i wasn't i still got bullied for not being fully straight i still um I, i don't know if you experienced this i experienced a lot of biphobia uh growing up at school especially in an all-girls school where everything was so obsessed about boys and my first ever love the first ever love of my life was a woman was a was a girl her name's Rosie she's lovely um and we had boyfriends at the time and I remember us sneaking off when we were all camping together to go and kiss like in secret I don't recommend doing that now because that's basically cheating on your partners like that is not (laughs) no point (laughs) now That is not okay. Um, And I'm sure our partners would have been cool with it if we had spoken to them at the time. But the fact that that was like definitely feeling that feeling towards another girl is really hard to detect. I think I I pushed my, my bisexuality and pansexuality so deep that I was in love with women for years until I realised that I was actually in love with them I just thought I really wanted to be friends and I was just a bit obsessed with them and like oh I I don't understand why I just want to hang out with them all the time and then later on I'm like oh yeah I what I must have been in love with them it was just such a different feeling to what I was used to with dudes like that raw sexual attraction is what I thought love was when actually, no, love can come in so many different forms and you can fall for someone in a platonic way and be in love with them. Like I would say that I'm in love with you in a platonic way um, or fall in love with somebody in a romantic way. And that sneaks up on you. You don't recognise it. I just, I only thought that love was just all sexual until recently. I was like, huh. That makes so much sense. Yeah, that does make sense. I think it's just hard when we've grown up in such a fucking heteronormative way. Yes. And like, I I think for myself, I was just, everything was romanticized about men and like, yep. you know, getting mm-hmm. married. And I wanted a very traditional life up until I was, you know, 27. Like I fully wanted like what I thought was supposed to be my life and yeah only up until my late 20s did I start actually figuring out who I was underneath the social learning and I think every day I'm picking that apart I think it was really interesting growing up in Brighton which is obviously the gay capital of the UK and I think for me I never felt 
gay enough. And I felt like I, you know, it, because I liked boys like a little bit that there was like absolutely no way that I could be into women. So when I did ex explore with my female friends, I felt this massive like internal homophobia on myself yeah. and mm -hmm. just so much shame after like fooling around with her and like, you know, what would people think? Like, what does this mean for me? Like so internally confused because wow. our relationship changed from being friends to being um, se like sexual without getting like that intimate. But our relationship after we fooled around as well definitely changed because there was this like underlying thing that we had done together and mm. I couldn't get over the internalized homophobia. And I was like, yeah. how on earth did I have this? Mm -hmm. Where Growing did it come from? Growing up in Brighton, right, where yeah. it was so okay to be gay. Mm -hmm. And yet I still felt like I couldn't, but I, I also didn't have any gay friends. Yeah. And I, there, I think there was only in my school, uh, I just remember there being like one gay kid. And, yes, you know, one out kid that was really aggressive and that almost pushed you away yeah. from wanting to be gay or wanting to be lesbian or exploring that because they, they had to be so aggressive to feel like they were, you know, that they were that they were right in coming out. And I don't know if you had the same thing, but I remember if if there was somebody who came out as queer, it would be like, yeah, such an aggressive way of doing it because they had mm. to speak louder than everyone else to be heard and to actually be validated. And I completely yeah. understand that. I'm um, just shocked at how many, how little gay people there were in my school. Yeah. And obviously there were a lot of us, mm -hmm. but... I just didn't they weren't they weren't out and like I don't know how that was yeah. a thing in Brighton and I, I I think maybe it was that whole well you know like you really need to know this mm -hmm. for sure like it can't just be like an inkling or a feeling or an ex like something that you want to experiment with like it just seemed like people that were gay knew 100% that they were gay and they like and being bi is just so fucking confusing because you're like I'm sexually so attracted confusing. to you you're turning me on but you're turning me on and like what does what does this mean I wanted to mention the sort of the differences between bisexuality and pansexuality because that can be really confusing. There's not a hell of a lot of difference. Bisexuality is being attracted to two or more genders and pansexuality is being attracted to all genders. Yeah. So that they are very, very similar. It's kind of just what you identify with. If maybe you're attracted to a few genders, but not all of them, then that would probably mo most likely fit into bisexual. Or if you are only attracted to, let's say, cis men and cis women, bisexual. But if, honestly, when it comes down to things, it is just about personality and who they are as a person and gender doesn't come into it, then pansexuality might fit more. Um, when I learned about pansexuality, I was like, oh my God, that's me. I know that's me. Uh, because, you know, having a fetish as well, I think that really helped validate my sexuality because when it comes to what sexually turns me on around the fetish, it really didn't matter who was doing it, whether or not it was even like, 
um, a person or an alien or like a machine or anything like that and, and pansexuality just fit more into that category regardless of whoever was doing it. I mean, Deadpool is pansexual and I was like, okay, there we go. But I still get the imposter syndrome of, but I've never had a girlfriend or I've never kissed or dated somebody that is of another gender other than male or female. And then that makes me think, God, I'm, yeah, I'm not I'm not pan enough. I'm letting the team down. How can I know that I'm pansexual if I've not actually met all the genders out there? But what I came to the conclusion of was it makes no difference who you've been physical with, who you've like been who you've kissed. It is all about the attraction that's within your mind. It's got nothing to do with your physical body, nothing to do with the real world. It is what you are attracted to. So you might have never kissed another boy, let's say, but you can still be attracted to them. You can still masturbate over them. You can still think about them in a romantic way. Yeah, That means that you are still on the queer spectrum because it's, yeah, it's not about what you've done physically. I, I, I mean, I always get myself caught up with that. Something that really validated me in that respect was my friend sent me the lesbian manifesto. And I think you can find it online. I don't know where she got it from, but she, she sent it directly to me. But it's basically this document. It's like a really simple document that goes through kind of all the things or reasons or like things that, that could make you lesbian. And... Mm-hmm. When I read that, it it just made so many things make sense. And I related to so many things on that list. So I think, you know, if you are sitting out there sort of questioning your sexuality, it's actually, it could could be like a good place to kind of um, get that validation as well. Because you're like, this is literally how everyone's felt because of growing up with a very heteronormative society. Right. It's been it's been shoved down our faces that it was only men and women, women and men. There was no other relationship style or queerness involved. Actually, being queer was like the taboo thing. It was like, oh my God, it was like so shocking at school or the idea of having to come out to your fucking parents is a joke, you know? Yeah. Like, it shouldn't be like that. It should just be part of the growing up conversation, not like a sit down chat. Exactly. It's too scary. Why why would you have to have a conversation with your parents Mm -hmm. and say, This is the this these are the people I want to have sex with? Mm -hmm. Why do you need to have that conversation with them? It shouldn't shouldn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, it's I think for me that was something that I would never have even dreamed of ever doing, being like a shy girl as I am. Mm -hmm. Talking to my parents is fucking hard. And when I did mention to my mum that I was going to start dating women, which was only last year that I told her, (laughs) um, she didn't react in like the best Mm -hmm. way. She was just really fucking confused. And I was like... It it can be really confusing, but also I understand for a lot of people that coming out is a real changing point in people's sexualities to really accept themselves. So I understand if you want to come out to your parents, if you want to come out to your friends and colleagues, then fucking do it because it can be such a relief if you've never spoken about being attracted to the same or other genders. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, I was really lucky growing up in my house because my mum and dad made it very, very clear that it didn't matter who I was attracted to. It was just like, mm. it was just part of the conversation. We would be watching TV and it'd be like, oh yeah, he's fit. Oh my God, she's really fit. And it was just so okay. Um, yeah. And I think I remember really clearly my mum did state, you know, it doesn't, like, I will love you either way, no matter who you're attracted to. And that was That's like really so validating. Nice. But a lot of people don't get that. And I, I rate my parents for doing for, for saying that because it did just take away that initial fear of like I don't know what they're gonna say especially if you have parents or family members that do say homophobic things I mean yeah. I still have fucking family members that say fucking homophobic things anyway <laughs> but <laughs> don't we all but that's not gonna stop me from having that part of the conversation and being fully me I think it's yeah. important to be yourself and if somebody else has a problem with it that's not on you you're just being yourself it is yeah. their issue that they need to figure out it's not even worth an argument be like okay you're entitled to your own opinion and just like leave them at that they don't you don't need to try and convince them otherwise otherwise it's exhausting a lot of my imposter syndrome when i was younger came from my sister and her friend who was definitely like a little gay boy and i think coming from him maybe it also affected me in a bigger way where they teased me and said you know florence Florence is start going to start dating a girl just to be cool. Yes, and it internalized I heard that all the time. My in, yeah, in my mind, I was like, oh, so if I like women, I'm doing it just to be cool because yeah. I was a child that did things to be different, to be yeah. edgy. Like I was mm-hmm. emo. Like I always wanted to be the different one at school and very mm-hmm. alternative. So I kind of thought oh like and now I am not going to do that because I don't want to be seen as doing it just to be cool and then you then you repress it and push it down deeper and it just creates more internalized homophobia I heard that phrase all the time like oh everyone's being bisexual now and it's like yeah that's fucking great like let (laughs) them explore their bisexuality because if they explore their bisexuality if they are bi-curious they're either going to realise they are or they're not and come back to either being straight or bi or pan or whatever sexuality they want it's just yeah that is for sure one of the most like homophobic biphobic terms like just doing it to be cool like what a way to try and be fucking cool like come on everyone's allowed to explore and experiment that's half the joy of being human and alive you're allowed to fucking dip into the kink scene and realize it's not your thing and come back out that's okay Ah, from very, very frustrating. Um, I feel your pain there. It it really does build a wall up inside you and you're just like... But I I also think that we grew up in a time where it was still quite unacceptable to be anything other than straight. I think it is a little bit easier now. I'm not saying it's easy now, but I think that there is way more acceptance. Even just in the sex education we get, they are talking about queerness and LGBTQ situations and like they are opening up the sex conversation around same sex. Thank the good fucking law because all we all we learned was penis and vagina and that was like it. Of course we're going to think that anything else is weird. Ah, oh, sorry, went off on one there. Yeah, well, <laughs> we just went. Like, we just went on like we the are. biggest rant on by imposter syndrome in the world. Yeah, and I, but, I can't. I'm. 
I'm it's not important. a fucking angel. I've thought those thoughts before. I remember confronting someone at university, uh, a man, one of our friends, and being like, mm. uh, you're probably not bisexual. You're probably just one way or another and just experimenting. And I, yeah. I, I, a few years later, I went back and I apologised to him. And I was just like, I'm so sorry. I just, I didn't really realise what I was saying. And he, he took it so well. He was so lovely about it. Um, but we've all had those thoughts. 100%. I, I put my hands up to really bullying one of my friends by using dyke in a very bad way, in a, in a negative way. Um, and to this day, like a lot of my friends here use the word dyke quite a lot and obviously dyke yeah. day and all of that. And it's taken me quite a while to like feel comfortable with hear one hearing that word, yeah. feeling that word as a positive thing because I, as a kid, I think probably because I was ashamed or embarrassed of my own sexuality used it and it's always the it's always the way it's always the people that are mm -hmm. using these words as like as negative things that are gay themselves yeah oh, <laughs> but it's, yeah. I used it as I, a word to bully my friend and like I'm like mm -hmm. why the fuck did I do that I feel you there that the time when gay came out as like a derogative like oh that's lame oh like you're a loser you're gay like yeah. that's so gay and I just remember my stepmom being so upset and angry about it and I was like but wait like that's that's fine I'm not homophobic it's just part of the language and I re yeah. you know I regret saying it like that um I still I still use it occasionally because I think it's a funny throwback, but you have to be so fucking careful about the terms that you use in the situations that you're in because someone might hear it and be upset and offended. Someone might hear it and think, oh, that's okay to say again. So mm. when you are talking about gayness and queerness you just have to make sure that you're you're with the right people that understand where your sexuality is and you know check in with people like oh do you mind if I say that does that sound okay to you and really fucking respect them if they say yeah actually I don't like that word it is yeah. still really triggering for me and I think we, we've spoken a lot about imposter syndrome with bisexuality mm. and pansexuality but you can feel imposter syndrome for any sexuality, whether that's any, being even gay, straight, lesbian. even being straight. <laughs> I, I, yeah. When I was working in the porn industry, I remember there was so much, I was so angry about this. There was a particular performer who did a lot of gay porn. He was he he was cis male and he is huge in the porn scene at the moment, does big, big porn porn films and back when he started he did a lot of gay films and had a lot of dudes sucking his cock um and the amount of bullying that happened on the studio floor being like yeah well he's done gay porn he's obviously not straight that really fucked me off i was still like so confused i was like you can still have someone suck your cock and still be straight you could literally go through your whole goddamn life only ever kiss the opposite gender and still be 100% fully gay. Like, yeah. there are so many people out there that you have can be had... doing it and not feel turned on at yeah, all. Yeah, like, switch it <laughs> off. Like, think about something else. It doesn't change the attraction that you have on the inside. It doesn't change what you're attracted to. There's also different types of attraction, as Plus, we said, sexual, romantic. Sometimes yeah, it's really exactly. hard to, to detect. The mind is such a clever thing. Like, you could yeah. be fully gay and be in relationships with men for most of your life and still be mm. enjoying the time that you're spending with men, but yeah. still be gay. 
Yeah, or I'm sure you've heard this, where it's a man who says he's straight and yet he's quite camp. So everyone's like, nah, you're definitely not straight. You're camp. Like, yeah. you're, you're so effeminate. And, it, and he's like, they're like, no, I'm pretty sure I just yeah. fancy women, you know? And we do yeah. that all the time. And there's imposter syndrome for being straight too, because everyone fucking loves to judge and tell people how they feel, even though it's impossible to fucking do that. Uh, I mean, I'm definitely of the opinion that everyone's a little bit queer. I think as human beings, like, it's just not in our nature to be one, like, to be straightforward. You know, like, Mm -hmm. our Mm -hmm. gender and our sexuality is so fluid and it can change with, like, you know, as every day let alone like every year of our life every person that you meet you know you could you could be oh yes i'm a hundred percent straight and it might just be that you haven't met or seen the person that has made you attracted to them you know you might never have have come across that um I, i i do think what do you think about this statement is it a warning flag when someone writes on their dating profile i'm a hundred percent straight Ooh, yeah, is that's that, a massive is that like... red flag. Why would you even put that? <laughs> I know, Why I would feel you like even put that? When some people say the same gender repulses them thinking about doing sexual stuff, I feel like if you're coming from a place of fear, that's something to be listened to. If you're coming from a place of love, like, oh my God, I, I, I love men, but no, yeah. I could never see myself be romantic I've, or sexual with them. I've, but I've when it's a repulsion, when it's like yeah. the fear, it's like, oh, where's that fear in, coming from? <laughs> it's interesting. Because I've, yeah, I've spoken to a couple of um, male friends recently about mm. like bisexuality on their side and quite a few of them are like, yeah, I wish I was fucking bisexual because yeah. like I do yeah, find yeah, yeah. men really attractive. But when mm. I think about like sucking their dick or whatever, like I just don't want to do that. And like, yeah. you know, I'm like, unfortunately I'm straight and like (laughs) I really love the way that they talk about that because Mm -hmm. it's like it's so accepting of queerness but it's also very accepting of themselves and where they're at at that point but yeah Yeah. you're right like if if you're coming at it like oh my god yeah like that would that's fucking Ooh, gross yeah. man I it's mean, like think, think about it's it like this how way. i feel about anal sex yeah i was gonna say <laughs> ha, like how many of us have sat there going like oh no feet are gross i would never suck a toe i would never let somebody else suck my toe and then what do you know 10 they years later fucking... and they're fucking creaming over it like <laughs> it comes from a place of fear for a reason <laughs> yeah fear turns us on yeah we fucking love it stop shying away from the fear just like let go and enjoy the feet sucking and cock sucking and pussy eating guys come on yeah and i really do like i back my idea on like everyone's genitals are confusing and we were taught not to think genitals were attractive yes we weren't we weren't ever taught that this was a beautiful thing to look at and to eat and like, you know, touch and all of those things. We were taught that these parts of our bodies were shameful. That is where this comes from. So that when we see other people's genitals and think, oh no, I could, I like really love women, but I can never eat pussy because I couldn't be down there. But that I, I just feel like that comes from a place of un, like not unlearning like you you just need to unlearn the things that you thought about pussy because actually it's just about pleasuring another human being yeah you're so fucking right i mean like 
Like we were we were taught to be afraid of genitalia, of like the STIs and the pregnancy and like oh blue waffle if that that fucking remember that thing that came out What's like that? it fucking ter- you remember, blue waffle was like oh, a really bad meme viral image that went around the internet and it was obviously of someone's vulva that had caught some kind of infection that hadn't sorted it out so blue waffle was like. Basically, the most graphic medical picture you can possibly imagine of somebody's infected vulva. Yeah. And that everyone showed everyone that. And on top of which we're learning about different genitalia. We're learning about foreskin and like flaps and like all the different types. We're releasing that shame. But back then it was all like, stay away. It's evil. Discharge. No. Sperm God. The the first day that I looked at my own vagina, I was like, ah, like what the fuck is this? (laughs) (laughs) It looks like an alien. I don't like it. so ridiculous and the only thing that told us that genitalia was sexy was porn which was problematic and it was only ever big beautiful dicks and and perfect um perfect surgery manipulated vulvas and that was it that's the only thing that was attractive and we need to unlearn that stuff all genitalia are gorgeous and beautiful even like flaccid penis i love flaccid penis i love testicles like we have to just love it all in one big giant pleasurable mess Mm. exactly i'm really really (sighs) horny now so yeah well, maybe this is a good place to wrap up the episode because <laughs> yes. my brain literally feels light from the amount of like emphasis and like <laughs> like thought and brain power put into this episode. Yeah. So I feel like we've just like fully queer word vomited for the last yeah, hour or something. We've done a lot. We've just schooled a lot of people. I bet you there are a lot of straight people listening to this like, oh, fuck, I'm gay now. Shit. <laughs> like trying to deal with their own queer journey like please if you if you feel this way go onto our facebook group and please like write your story um i don't i don't know if the anonymous function is working at the moment but if it It is is, write your story you know i've i've already had a couple people two people message me from that reel i put up about bi and pan imposter syndrome two people that were like you've really helped me feel better about my own sexuality and like now I feel and it's just like it's it it can be life-changing as long as you're listening and following the right people and it's also okay to be straight as well we talked a lot about being queer here here but straight is beautiful it's just as valid as being queer but we need to give queer people more space to thrive because it has just been a fucking straight parade for most of our lives you know be an ally support help talk to your friends about their queer and also like the world isn't really in our favor as queer people as well so like it's so important to have these conversations to open as many eyes as possible Mm. because you know what's happening in florida yeah obviously there are other countries around the world where it is fully illegal to be gay still still. so it's never been so important to be talking about queer issues. So mm-hmm. if you, if this episode touched you in any way, please share it with someone that you know, someone that you know will um, 
need to hear this conversation yeah i think so i think everyone should hear this conversation and of yeah. course if you can screenshot the episode post it on stories talk about it on twitter get it into more people's ears and just like spread the good word you know oh that sounded a bit spread like bible <laughs> or spread your legs whoa baby and you know fuck conversion therapy that can suck a massive dick yes and also a review and rate our podcast if you can it would mean a lot leaving reviews is brilliant it's actually the best thing for us yeah and you know we have a praise kink so come on yeah like give us some give us some praise (laughs) come on baby we really hope you've loved this episode please if you can follow us on instagram for all of the updates we update and post stories every single pretty much every single day maybe every other day and that would be at come curious as well as our personal accounts read amber x and florence bark you know, support us over on Patreon. That always means so much to us. Just donate, you know, Ooh, one pound, yes. one dollar, whatever you can. And until next week, see you next Thursday, curious fuckers. See you next Thursday. Mwah. Bye.